630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Now, 630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Don't see Trevor Harris take off like that very often, but he did on that last play. Now he's in the pocket where he's more comfortable and throwing, and is that intercepted? Yes. 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 What a great interception, and the Elks have the football back. The defense does it again with a steal. And it is uh, Cornelius scrambling. He gets himself free, turns and twists, and heads over to the left side now, and then finally throws, and it is completed to 50. Wow, what a play by Taylor Cornelius. He was twisting and turning like a southern tornado before he finally got free and then delivered a strike down the sidelines. So Mike Jones gets the reception. Cornelius takes a snap and then going deep again in double coverage. It goes incomplete, but flags come down, and it looks like another penalty against uh, the Alouettes as Kenny Lawler went up to get it with two Alouettes around him, and flags come out from two referees down there. From the 11-yard line, Cornelius throws to the end zone. Taylor up, Edmonton, touchdown Elks. Kenny Lawler has it in the end zone, and the Elks have tied this game at 31. Sergio Castillo. Este bueno. And the Elks take the lead. With four minutes and eight seconds to go, it is now 32-31. And that's how it finished. The Elks winners in Montreal. That game was last Thursday. That was the drive of the game, the drive that put the Elks over the top against the Alouettes. It was Ed Ganey with that terrific interception. Taylor Cornelius then combined with Kenny Lawler to get the ball into the end zone for the TD that tied the game. Then the convert won it. The comeback win was uh, most important uh, for the Elks. That was the biggest story of the game. But the other story for the Elks, who go to 2-4 and four on the season, was injuries. More injuries. They went back to practice today we're missing several players who left Thursday's game early. No sign today of receiver Darrell Walker, linebacker Trey Watson, D-lineman Nick Coe, and receiver-slash-quarterback Kai Loxley, who all left the game early on Thursday. Chris Jones gave an update on both Watson, who was playing in his first game with the Elks since coming over from Montreal, and Coe, who was playing in his first-ever CFL game, saying both will be gone for an extended period of time. Now, there is good news. It looks like two defensive players will be added this week and are set to make their first appearance of the season. Linebacker Niles Morgan and defensive back Deron Carter both got to take part in practice uh, last week but are now off the six-game injured list. And Carter told me earlier today that practice this week got a little more real for him. Uh, yeah, man, you, you got to kind of take more of a serious approach. You know, this is my first, this is my first game coming in uh, and we're in, going into the second third of the, of the season. You know, it's crunch time right now. You know, this is a, these next six games are crucial for the season and, you know, going into the playoffs and, and having that momentum. So, you know, uh, I can't wait to get out there. And uh, I feel good. I feel 100%. Hopefully I can go out there and make some plays. How much of a test are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now? Uh, man, they're the best team in the league right now, you know, and uh, that shows by the record. Uh, uh, but if we feel that we can compete. You know, we have, we have a lot of great athletes out here. And if we go out there and run our game plan and execute, you know, it should be a really good game. No room for error when you're playing 
playing a team that good. No, no, no. They have a lot of veterans. You know, Zach Leros, he's probably the best quarterback in the league right now. You know, the way he's playing, you can't let him get out the pocket. You know, I've been watching him ever since I was, I was young, watching him at Cincinnati. You know, he's been scrambling around winning championships for a while. So, you know, if we can contain him, you know, hopefully we'll have a chance. What's the key up against that offense? What do you have to do to be successful against that? Man, I, th I think uh, we have to limit, limit Caleros and his running ability and, and get the ball out of his hands. Make the other players, you know, beat us. Don't let, don't allow Zach to be running around, scrambling, making plays, finding, play, finding receivers down the field, and, and you know, allow his playmaker ability to sort of win the game. How different is it without Andrew Harris back there? Oh man, you know, they they still have some great running backs. You know, you don't want to discredit any of them, but you know, Andrew Harris is a great a great player. You know, he's a big back. Uh, he's a, he's a bruising back. You know, so you know, it's not having him. Uh, definitely, you can see they're running different different plays. You know, they don't have that sort of smash mouth football that they used to have. But you know, they're still Winnipeg. They they execute very well. They're very well coached, and, and you can't uh, go out there uh, sort of half stepping. That's Deron Carter, who's back at practice now, and looks like he will make his debut in an Elks uniform this week, Friday night, when the Elks host the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm excited to see him play. Uh, I mean, he fits the mold of what Chris Jones wants in a defensive player. He's athletic and he makes plays. He's had limited time as a defensive back. Most of his career has been at receiver, but when he's been at defensive back, he's made some plays. He's got, I think, three interceptions and a couple of pick sixes. He knows what to do with the football when he gets it, and, and he might be uh, the best to have the best hands of any DB in the Canadian Football League when he goes up on those 50-50 balls. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Jones today, Chris Jones said that Carter's going to play and he's going to have some different roles in the game on Friday. We're going to utilize him in a bunch of different ways and he's not necessarily going to start but he's going to play in a bunch of different ways this weekend and, uh, and hopefully help us win the football game. Huge test for the Alks coming up. The two-time defending champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers are here. They're 6-0. They have passed test after test this season. The last two weeks, they've won against previously unbeaten teams, beating first the BC Lions and then the Calgary Stampeders to stay unbeaten at 6-0. We're going to, of course, have the game for you here on 6.30, Chet, on Friday night. It's a 7 o'clock start from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, 5.30 for the countdown to kickoff with uh, Brendan Escott, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, and myself bringing you all the action from Commonwealth Stadium. Huge test coming up for the Elks on Friday. Coming up uh, later tonight on the Elks this week, we'll check in with the newest member of the Elks. That's Canadian running back Malik Irons, who practiced with the team for the first time today after signing a contract over the weekend. He was released last week by the Hamilton Tigers. And when we come back on the Elks this week, we'll check in with CFL.ca senior writer Chris O'Leary and talk a little bit about what a week it was in the Canadian Football League, but also focus a lot on Touchdown Atlantic as he spent uh, his time last week watching the Argos and Riders play at Acadia. My name's Morley Scott. This is the Elks this week. More to come on 630 Chet. Now, more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Man, scorcher out there today. In fact, still very hot. 29 degrees right now in Edmonton as uh, we hit 744 in the evening. The forecast for Friday looks pretty good as well for the Elks and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Should be a great night at the ballpark. The league's best team, the two-time defending champs, and the Elks who are trying to get things rolling. They've won two of their last three games and played pretty well, especially in that comeback against the Alouettes on Thursday. 24 degrees right now, and sunny is the forecast for Friday night over Commonwealth Stadium. CFL 
football was a lot of fun in week six. The Elks, Bombers, Argos, and Ticats all won games that were uh, undecided uh, late in the game and all had compelling stories. I talked with uh, Chris Jones about that today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was good football. I mean, starting with our game, I mean, we, we scratched back in it, you know, there late and clawed, clawed back and finally did enough to, to win a, a football late. And, again, that's a tough football game. You know, anytime you can go on the road and beat beat somebody, you know, on the eastern east coast, I mean, that's a it's a tough win. And, you know, you, that's what I told the guys. I mean, it's all about perspective. I mean, you could look at it, well, you only won by one point, but there was a lot of factors that were against you, too, and you did enough to come out of there with a win. Yeah, and the rest of the games were so good. Oh, won, no but. doubt, no doubt. Really good, good really good uh, football, you know. Uh, I hope that we can get all the extracurriculars out of the game, you know, over the next bit. Yeah, let's hope so. There were some extracurriculars, that's for sure, especially in that Argos Riders game at Akita University in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Chris O'Leary, senior writer for CFL.ca, was there to watch the game and joins us now from Toronto. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Doing good, Morley. How about you? I'm doing good, thank you. Thanks for joining us tonight. I don't know if it's staying up late for you or not, but uh, thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was. Uh, it, it looked like quite the party uh, in uh, Atikeda University. The atmosphere just seemed terrific for uh, Touchdown Atlantic as it made its return for the first time in a few years. Yeah, it, it really did. Um, it, it was funny. Just, you know, we, we spent the uh, the lead into the the game in, in Halifax. So I think I think there for three nights, and then. Uh, I made a drive up to Wolfville on game day, and uh, it was my first time out to that area of, of Nova Scotia. And um, yeah, it was just—it was just such a like picturesque, sort of perfect uh, atmosphere for a game. And it was just a like it's a beautiful part of the country. Um, you, you know, you've got the stadium. I think the the town population there is around four or five thousand. You know, you basically double it for a, a football game, which is a, a really cool thing to watch and uh, just kind of see a, a small town just sort of come to life and start buzzing in a in a way that it doesn't usually get to. And uh, and then yeah, you see kind of what what happened on the field, and uh, I, th I think Chris Jones called it a lot of extracurriculars. Uh, those were certainly going on, and then uh, a great football game in and around that, and uh, yeah, and also just blistering hot, which is <laughs> it, it, it made for a kind of a, a perfect atmosphere and just a, a really fun day. Yeah, the the aerial shots of the stadium were fantastic. I mean, it, it you could see that it looked like buildings from the university in those classic old brick buildings, and nothing but empty fields all around it. It looked like it was uh, such a sweet place to to play a football game. It was it was funny. Like I, I uh, you always hear about small town American college place, college cities or college towns where football just takes over, and uh, I feel like we don't get to see that very often in Canada, and uh, that's kind of what it felt like to me. It was just uh, that that sort of environment, and um, yeah, it, like you said, I mean, you could paint a picture of that, and it, you know, you could you could hang it in your in your living room or something. It was uh, it, it was just perfect, and, and really, I felt like from the weather and just the the atmosphere, you know, to walk around in the um, kind of the, the beer gardens or the, the festival grounds that they had adjacent to the stadium uh, before the game, and that place was just hopping before, and uh, from from what I saw after, it looked like it was just busy throughout the day, and uh, yeah, just a, a really cool and kind of special thing and uh yeah I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what these games look like the next uh, couple of years as well yeah that's that's for sure and i guess we, we all we'll all talk so much and i know randy ambrosi's asked about it every time he does an availability what about expansion uh <laughs> to atlantic canada it really seems to be something that the area embraces but from what we understand it's it's still one of uh, ambrosi's uh, you know number one things to get accomplished but it seems there's still a lot of work to do they don't have a stadium they don't have a city they don't mm -hmm. have a team uh i think they got kind of an organ uh, uh, an ownership group but i don't think it's all fully in place everybody wants it team there but there still seems to be a lot of work to get it done 
I think so. No, I, I think that's a, definitely a, f- a fair thing to say about it. Um, you know, I, I think back in, in just in doing some some stories over the weekend, I went back and looked at some of the stuff that was written uh, pre-pandemic, and you know, it just seemed like there was there was so much momentum, and it seemed like it was in a really good place. And you know, I think there, you know a lot of people were talking in football metaphors that you know, like they were in the red zone, they were at the five yard line, they were close. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and, and then the pandemic hit and I think just kind of turned everything. That would have been a fumble, I guess, right? At the pit with the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pandemic came in with the fourth fumble. And, um, and, and you know, I think, I think everybody's still trying to recover in a lot of ways. And obviously the, the CFL, I think, was hit especially hard with the, with the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it just kind of put things into a, I don't know if it's a stalemate, but it, it's, it, feels, it certainly feels slow, right? And, um, you know, I, I think the – the important thing uh, with this is, is just that three-year commitment, right? That, you know, you have this game in Wolfville, um, you know, you've got two more coming in the, in the next two years. And I, I think at, at bare minimum, it's, it's good for the league to just show that interest and that commitment to the region and just sort of uh, creating a buzz, right? And, and, you know, I think a lot of people went to the game this year and, you know, we'll go back talking about it and hopefully that continues that buzz a year from now that people will, will continue to go out there and, and support the idea of the team. And, you know, I, I think as, as everything sort of, tries to begin to recover from the, the pandemic, you know, maybe the, the, uh, that goodwill, um, you know, that all, all the, the, the football terminology can come back and, you know, they can start that drive again and, and kind of see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, at, at bare minimum, this was, uh, I think, a great weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely looking forward to the, the future games. I think those are going to be great, too. Talking with Chris O'Leary, senior writer at CFL.ca. Uh, the, the festival sounds like it was a success. Everything moving up to the game was as a success. And then, man, they got a great game, too, with some some drama in the early going, in the pregame warm-up, and then that fantastic finish with the pick six with two minutes to go. Uh, it, for the 10,000 who were there and it was sold out, they got their money's worth. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, it was – I mean, it was – in terms of the game itself, it was – really all you could ask for. I mean, it was um, kind of surprising, maybe to some people not surprising, that there was so much green in the crowd just given the, the distance that, they, that a lot of them Why would travel. that surprise people? I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more just a testament to the, 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 the riders' fans' uh, willingness to, to go uh, across the country for it. I mean, I, I feel like you could play a game in Europe and, you know, the, the, sta- the stadium would still be uh, <laughs> would still be largely green. But, um yeah, there was just that, that contingent. I think the, there were the Ryder fans, and I think just the, the people from that region that were, I think, were probably cheering on Brett Lowther. And, uh, you, know, you know, it was just building it. It was, almost looked like a, a perfect day for him. He kicks the go-ahead field goal. And then, uh, you know, there's about two minutes left, and then Cody Fajardo uh, throws the pick six. And uh, just a devastating loss, I think, uh, for them. And, and, you know, I think for the, the Ryder supporters and the, the Brett Lowther supporters, but, uh, yeah, just, just a, an amazing finish. Literally jaw-dropping one from me. <laughs> Sitting there with my mouth hanging open as I watched Quentin McManus run into the end zone. But, um, yeah, it, uh, I mean, for good and bad, I think that game had everything. And uh, I don't think anybody left too disappointed. <laughs> And and one of four great games this week. I mean, uh, the CFL set the bar pretty high entertainment-wise in week six. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I was kind of tied up with the uh, the festivities and stuff, so I didn't get to see a lot of the, the action live. But, um, you know, just, just seeing the, the highlights and the finishes, the, the, the interception in, in the end zone to end the Winnipeg game, um, you know, I, I think we were driving back from the, the from Wolfville and, and just kind of following along on our apps and, and refreshing the site to see what was happening between Ottawa and Hamilton, which is just a, a wild finish as well. And, uh, and of course, the, the game in Edmonton on or in Montreal with Edmonton on, on Thursday night was uh, just just up just as good as well. Uh, maybe the strongest week of the season in terms of quality of games from 
beginning to end. And uh, yeah, yep. it's it, it's going to be tough to match. And you know, I, I look I look at week seven and I'm excited and kind of nervous to see what the uh, the riders and, and Argos might do. But um, you know, I, I think it's uh, we're, we're set up for another good week. Yeah, let's hope they play after the news from Saskatchewan today about the COVID situation with the riders for sure. Ah, Chris, uh, we're running out of time. I'd like to talk more, but we're out of time. Appreciate your time tonight, and uh, we'll hook up again in the future. Thanks, man. Yeah, you bet. Take care. All right, that's uh, Chris O'Leary, senior writer at CFL.ca, and he spent uh, the last week or so out in uh, in Halifax and in that area around Acadia University with the Touchdown Atlantic. Uh, back to the Elks now. Uh, kind of a good news, bad news week for Canadian running back Malik Irons. He found out on Tuesday that he was released by the Tiger Cats after spending the last, what, three seasons there. Uh, but a couple of days later, started talking with the Elks, and he was on his way to Edmonton. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's just the way it is in this business. It's sometimes just somewhere, sometimes just the next place, but just kind of keep it pushing. Did it surprise yeah. you what happened in Hamilton? Uh, surprised me a little, but it's all good. I'm here now. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. It's a great facility. It's great coaching staff. Players are cool guys. So. Cool. How soon was it before you got contacted by some teams? It was within a, a day or two. I think it was day two or three. I was uh, I was on the road. I drove down. It took me about 36 hours. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, and first impressions. You got your first practice today what's it uh, what was it like for you it was good it was good it was a little high tempo but it's gonna be nice practice like that all season when being good running shape so <laughs> have you heard about double barrel yet oh i've heard about it <laughs> everyone seems to be talking about double barrel yeah. so it's gonna be interesting what that's like but i'm excited man i'm gonna do a lot of running slim me down maybe a little you know <laughs> yeah. you saw this team a couple of weeks ago as a member of the Ticats yeah, when, yeah. when the elks won the game uh you've watched them obviously a little bit tell me give me your impression on a team that has gone two and four so far to start the year. I mean, it's a, I, I know as much as me being here for a couple of days. What I can tell is it's a great, they have the right mindset. Uh, Coach Jones seems to be a good leader, leading the guys in the right direction, uh, harping on the little things. So I'm excited. It seems like a good uh, environment to be in. You know anything about Chris Jones before you came here? No, not much, honestly. I, um, yeah, no, not much. Uh, your role for this week, are, 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 you know, it looks like you're in. You're on the active roster, yeah. so it looks like you're in. Do you know how much of a role you're going to have? Um, I think I'm. I think I'm rolling. I think we're playing. Yeah. I think they brought me into play, so yeah. I think I'll be working in with the offense. Maybe play a little specials, but other than that, we'll see how the week goes. See what goes on, but I think that's what the mindset is right now. Because of the situation, do you kind of come in? I guess it's natural to kind of come in with a chip on your shoulder. Uh, I would say just coming in, I mean, of course, you go on a new team, you need to kind of, people don't know you, you know what I mean? You got kind of got to prove, but I'd say a chip on my shoulder. I just want to be here to work hard, you know, kind of uh, work on the little things, yeah. be the back I know I can be. Yeah. What's, uh, I guess there's a lot more to it. There's the football transition, yeah. and there's a life transition too, so you're kind of in a space where you got to yeah. find a place and yeah. get yourself settled otherwise. Yeah, I do, I do need to find a place. I'm, I'm up in the hotel right now. I've been looking at... Uh, some housing. Luckily, uh, the Ontario rents a lot cheaper than out in Hamilton. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, I, I do got to find a spot. It wasn't as bad. I, I just, I didn't sign a lease in Hamilton, so I was good. Yeah, you look back at your time in Hamilton. I mean, you went to two great cups. You yeah. had some success there, obviously. Yeah, I had a great time in Hamilton. Like the coaching staff, the players, great. It's a great professional uh, league. They're doing the right things. Man, I, I have nothing respect for the coaching staff, Coach O, yeah. JB, all those guys. It's a great. It's a, it was a good team. Now it's time to move on right now it's time to move on we're, we're elks now so I'm, I'm happy to be here i'm happy to move on 
I'm ready to work. Ready to work. Yes, he is. And he'll be working on a Friday night. He'll be in the lineup Friday. He is on the active roster. So we will see Malik Irons, uh, the Elks' new running back on Friday night. Uh, that is against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 7 o'clock start time, 5.30 for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30. Jet. Thanks to Malik for being one of our guests tonight. Thanks to uh, 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 Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca. Uh, we also heard from Chris Jones. And we heard from Deron Carter as well. He on the Elks this week are also uh, our thanks to studio producer Kellen Kennedy for keeping us on track. My name's Morley Scott. I will see you tomorrow morning on 6.30 Chet Mornings with uh, Chelsea Jarrell. Have a great night, everybody. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.